You don't need that. I stared at her. A folk keeper may carry his bag wherever he pleases. She dropped her eyes at last. Come along. There is power in silence. I have always known that. I stumbled up the curling stone steps into the smell of Matron's cheap tallow candles. Does she never notice her drawing room smells faintly of sheep? Make your bow to the Lady Alicia. Matron tapped the small of my back. At first, all I saw was smoky yellow light and blue velvet and topaz. Then the lady herself came clear. I don't care for beauty, not in the ordinary way, but she was something quite out of the ordinary. Rich chestnut hair, snapping black eyes, a creamy neck rising from a circlet of golden jewels. I was tempted to reach out to see if they would burn, but that would have been childish. I am never childish. Your bow, cried Matron. We won't insist on the bow. Lady Alicia gazed at me as though I might be just as interesting to her. They say you're fifteen, but you can't be more than eleven, can you, child? I am small for my age, I said, and weak. Moreover, I am clumsy and have a bad disposition. Quiet, said Matron in a dreadful voice. I can't help it, my lady, if he doesn't eat. I'll have you know our foundlings take three good meals. Matron neglected to mention that not all the meals are taken on the same day, but I didn't care about that. I don't need to eat. An economical addition to our household, said a third voice, and a man stepped from the curtained recess of the window. He was perhaps as old as forty, with an ivory angel face and glossy black curls. The rest of him was black and white, too, all satin and lace. Rather a dandy, which I despise, but at least Matron must know how tawdry she looked beside him. Even supposing he's the right age, said the man, there's another bigger problem. We came expecting to find a girl. My husband instructed Sir Edward and me to fetch a Carina stone wall, said Lady Alicia. Corin and Carina sound alike, but turn out to be quite different things. What a dreadful sinking feeling came over me then. After four years of passing as Corin, I thought I'd never be caught. No one ever suspects a folk-keeper could be a girl. We have only a Corin, said Matron. You wouldn't want him. Lazy, good for nothing. He lets the folk spoil the milk and rot the cabbage. I do not. I snapped my lips shut. Matron didn't want me to leave. I was the best folk-keeper she'd ever had but I didn't want to leave either. I remembered too well the endless carrying of water buckets and scrubbing of floors and humiliations of Karina before I burned my skirts and turned into a boy and a folk keeper. Lady Alicia put out her hand. Won't you come see my husband? Only he can say if you're the child he's seeking. We've come all the way from Cliff's End and he's very ill. What is that to me? but I couldn't help thinking of the stories of Cliff's End, the largest of the Northern Isles, running with miles of underground caverns.
The folk there are said to be fierce and wild, drawing great strength from the stone all around. The isles have more than their share of the other folk, bogle men and seal folk, and hill hounds, as well as the folk themselves, which are to be found everywhere. You'll get nothing but trouble from the lad, said Matron. I'll see your husband, I said to Lady Alicia, although I'd make sure I wasn't the child he wanted. Matron would learn she couldn't lie about me. But I never spoke my anger. No, you must never give your anger away. Lady Alicia's carriage was crimson with a gold coat of arms on the door. Everything belonged to her, I gathered. Sir Edward, for all his fine clothes, was but his lordship's cousin, related to the lady by marriage. I slid about on